0: I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff.
1: This Travis!
0: Welcome to Undesign. Hi, hey, Travis. How you doing,
1: buddy? Hey, Vincini. I'm great. I'm fantastic. Um, really excited today because we have a neat topic. So.
0: Well, you know, this oh, is I'm something just...
1: very close to my heart today. It is very close to your heart. So, So you love this thing. I do. I do. I do you, love you have, this You thing. have feelings for this thing, emotional feelings, like some kind of emotional connection to what we're about to talk about, right? I do,
0: as a matter of fact. And it's a funny thing to have an emotional connection to. But we should probably start with, by actually telling them what we're talking about. Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> sure, if you want to.
1: Yeah. All right, let's do that. Let's, let's tell them what, uh, what what's about.
0: Sure. So today we're talking about the idea of behind-the-curtain boxes or behind-the-scene boxes role-playing books. Um, so for example, this is like a sidebar box, right? That's on the page that says, here's why a game element works like it does. Or here's what we were thinking when we would designed this or whatever, right? Here's how we think you could best utilize this thing. Here's some optional ways you could utilize this thing. There's lots of different ways you can go with it, but the point is all relatively the same,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. So, so does this also include like stuff along the lines of um, like a a forward or something that talks about a specific direction the game took and why? And things like that. Is that the kind of stuff we're talking about in general? Does it have to be, you know, call out boxes <laughs> or whatever? Or are we just talking about in general behind the scenes information?
0: I think in general probably behind the scenes information. But I think that like there's, here's my problem with the forward. It's interesting you you brought that up and started there. Yeah, I'm just
1: a, curious. That's why I ask, you know.
0: Sure. No, it's a great place to start. Here's the problem with the forward. Okay. I'm talking about your intentions. It's useful and you should, you as a designer should definitely have it there. And you should talk about like why you designed the game and what you think about it and, you know, give your general thoughts and stuff like that. So for example, if you're designing a fast action packed game with, you know, lots of like quick, dirty, violent, gritty action, then you should say in your forward, this is a game of fast-paced, gritty, dirty action. You know, bullets are flying, and people are getting shot, and things are, you know, brutal in this world. Okay, say yeah. That.
1: These are yeah. These are things that artwork can convey too. But but generally speaking, it's nice to have an elevator pitch that people who want to buy your product can relate to. You know, so that, right. that I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's useful to have that in there. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with the forward. You ready? Have you ever really read a forward? Like, how much? Let me say that. Of course you have. Here's the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely, because I know you have. <laughs> but here's the thing: I bet a lot of people haven't. Long story yeah, short, yeah. people no, right. skip it. There you go.
1: yeah that's the. It's the the couple of pages in the beginning that don't have anything to do with the game in your average consumer's mind. There's like whatever. Right. Let me get to the stuff that matters. Yep. Sure. I've read a billion forwards. Like, I love I love forwards. I love to hear and see the thoughts of the writers, you know, when, yes. when I'm, when I'm looking at a new product, because that's interesting to me because that helps shape how I, I approach writing things, you know, and, and just des- developing things, things like that. Sure. Absolutely. And I get that.
0: I think that most readers don't though. Right. You're, you're saying, you're saying it's
1: kind of a, a, a niche thing to, to be highly interested in such things. Yes. Um, now, now you're, you're also pointing at the fact that people do however, look at, at these at these uh, callout boxes and text boxes, um that are aligned along with the information that the the people actually want to get into um and are highly interested in, because it's, hey, I bought this game. Uh, I'm, this is the rule about the game, and here is some something else about this rule. So I'm going to be more interested in this just by association. Correct. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's sort of because like when you think about how these are done, often in the best way, it's a bright – like often you've got – your your text is often going to be text, black text on a fairly you know sort of blank, some kind of white or off-white page, right? That's just the nature of book design. But yeah. these call-out boxes are often like they could be, say, white text on a dark box that really sh- jumps out from the page or something, right? My
1: point being there – Right, your eyes are drawn to it.
0: Yes, you have a visual cue to go there, right? And so if you title the box appropriately in some interesting way – or whatever you have some big some big bold letters that are like read me i am full of cool information that you can know about um, right that, right
1: fonts typography you know uh, images all of the, all these things draw the eye so
0: yes yes and we've talked about the value of that kind of stuff before but uh the the thing about them is i think because they're in line because they're so attention getting because they're in the areas where people already are reading, I just think that right. So
1: they're actively impactful uh, as, appo- yes. as opposed to being a passive thing at the very beginning of a book. Uh, right, this is right. a- active, and and I agree. Um, it is it is uh, certainly a, a, a far more forward way to <laughs> to uh, forward yeah. um, a, f- a forward way to get get the attention of your reader reader and um, get get your readers into the actual headspace you want them to be in at that time. Right right exactly my
0: my thought is that i bet i don't obviously i don't know this for sure no one's ever done this research but this so this but this is just my sneaky suspicion okay yeah. if you put the same information in a forward and into call out boxes and then you gave people your game and gave them like a month or two and then surveyed them about the information that was contained there the people where where you had it in a call out box people would remember it if your game didn't have it in a call out box people wouldn't know it or remember it on
1: average yeah um while 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 you have nothing to back these numbers up i still i feel inclined to agree with what you're saying right
0: just just based on experience of how people interact with with games right yeah
1: um and and all of that's just defining what text boxes behind the scenes and and outs and things like that are, are um but i think i like what 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 you're talking about what what you want to get into is uh how useful are they how to utilize them things like that right yes like, correct exactly um, cuz obviously I, I mean this is a this is a highly highly useful tool for a game developer to use um a, a writer um and uh book designers even um can use these these kinds of things to to, to great effect, right? So, yes. if if you're writing a game about whatever and you have rules, then it could be useful, um, depending on the game and the situation, to explain why you chose to make a rule a certain way. Now, games in the past that that uh, this, like the, as as when I'm thinking back on things, um, on other games that I have experienced in the past, the RPGs and such. Um, D- didn't often use this kind of a thing. Okay, they didn't use right. this uh, this kind kind of um, uh, uh, more more accessible view into the designer and developer mindset and why they did these things, um, why they made a rule a certain way, the way they the way that they presented in the book or whatever. Um, book books and 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 such didn't have these things. Like these things were just not very common. You didn't you didn't get an idea of what what they were thinking when they made a rule. Now. Uh, that's okay, but whenever I ran into a rule that that struck me the wrong way personally, like I, I look at a, look at a rule and I'm like, why is this like this? I don't I don't understand why this is like this. It Doesn't need to be this way. Why? Like, there's nothing there's nothing in the context of the rest of the game that tells me this rule needs to be this way. Why is it this way? Uh, you know? And, and my whole group is like, oh, okay, well this is the rule, so sh- who cares? Shut up. Just shut up and use the rule. And I'm just like, but I don't like this rule. Right. Um. But, but, if someone had given me some kind of insight, so like I made this rule this way, because it's it's a it's a not only a thematic element, but it also it also kind of kind of brings the the whole notion of this strange genre of game that I put together um, to, and and makes it you know whole somehow. Um and that's why I did this. I would have more connection to that rule. i would I would feel uh, like it was less of an affront to my senses, like it was less less of a, an assault and i probably would have accepted it more because the designer told me why he did this thing and why it was so weird and different and strange compared to the rest of the rules absolutely you know and and
0: so here's let i can make this very real for our listeners okay
1: good because i don't think i made any sense there so please please make some sense out of what i just said
0: no oh, you did but but i'll make it very concrete so and and i know you're going to know this example because i have banged on about this for years okay so let's go back to 2nd edition Dungeons & Dragons, okay? 2nd edition Dungeons & Dragons has a bunch of little quirky, strange rules that most people don't ever really think too deeply about. They're just strange. Either you like them or you don't like them. I know that, you know, 11-, 12-year-old me, there were several things I didn't like. Here's an easy example. Uh, you yeah, stopped... me,
1: the way, they, the way they put together saving throws, It's just like, what?
0: Sure, sure. Why are these things? Why are these like this? Um, the The example I always go to is this uh you stopped gaining hit dice at basically like level 9 or 10 right and you started gaining like a flat amount yeah of you hit got points. plus 1 plus
1: 2 plus 3 yeah yep
0: related to that the most any non fighter could get from hit points was 2 right from your your con from having a high constitution right. score yep. so like if even if you had a if you had a 21 con the most additional hit points you were getting per hit die unless you were a fighter right was 2 that's it 16 was where you hit 2, so if you had a 16 or a 21, it didn't matter. You got 2 if you were a wizard or a cleric or something. And looking back on this, I thought, I hated these at the time. I hated those two rules. Right, because
1: what in the makeup of that character's DNA makes it so that they should get more when everybody else doesn't? Like, what?
0: Right, I didn't get it right? I just didn't, I was like, this has no purpose. This is just, this is just dart at a wall design, right? Blah, 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 blah. I was very angry about the whole thing. Okay. So now fast forward many, many, many years, right? And I'm looking at this and I realize, holy crap, this was genius. The whole thing, all of it was absolute, heartbreakingly stunning genius because it recognized a problem that i didn't realize for years okay which was one by doing this what happened is hit points plateaued very sharply mm-hmm. around level 10 right meaning that your high level game experience which was full of all sorts of other insanity magic items and and you know high level spells and all this other stuff going on right it helped to counteract that creep of insanity and kept things relatively flat monsters were that were scary at 11 were scary at 16 or 17 right like in the on the whole you suddenly damage didn't need to ramp to a million monsters attack bonuses didn't need to ramp to a million there you see you know like everything just kind of stayed
1: flat right right and that which, which also made exceptions more exceptional too Which was exactly nice. um it kind yes it, it certainly kind of had a you know the parallax scrolling effect where everything is is moving in line with everything else um but also still keeps perspective regardless of the distance you are from the system yes
0: the con thing for fighters meant that fighters had this obvious advantage in their role and it created this interesting little incentive where as a as a designer you want like you're the, you're you're putting a flag in the ground in that game saying fighters are the tough guys right that was mm-hmm. what Second edition was saying by having this design element there it made,
1: create interest yeah, yeah
0: it, it made fighters the tough guys that's what happened right the incentive was if you're a fighter you could invest more in con and get a bigger reward if you were somebody else you could still be tough don't get me wrong like you could be tough in other classes certainly anybody who's played that game knows that things like clerics could be unbelievably tough in that game
1: yeah yes yeah, so wizards controlled the universe sure uh um but but you didn't like you didn't have that and that kind of insight for years and years years. Years, years, years years um and imagine imagine what what kind of turmoil you could have avoided if they had just given you a paragraph you know about right, right. why they did this what like what the point was like uh, just uh, just saying hey we're we're doing this because of the way things the way things uh, ramp up in the end of game um and you know it's gonna it's gonna fit the challenges you're gonna you're gonna see later in the book you know what i mean like and i'll be like okay i accept that well and here's the
0: thing i can accept it or not all right that's fine i'm not saying that like suddenly you have to accept it but it lets me make an informed decision about the impacts of my game
1: Mm -hmm. and whether and whether you absolutely have to change that rule or not or whether that's a it's still integral whether or not you agree with it Right, exactly. Because the problem
0: is, we all know Rule Zero is a thing in most RPGs, right? I'm allowed to change yeah, whatever Yeah, change I stuff
1: want. however you want, yeah.
0: The problem is, I am also not as good of a game designer as most people writing these books, right? So, the reality is... I mean,
1: I mean you're a pretty good game designer, you know, pretty, I'd well, say you're pretty well, solid.
0: Well, thank you. Here's what I know for sure. 12-year-old me certainly wasn't. No, all. 12-year-old, yeah, that guy was sucky. He was an idiot, okay? And... I had no business changing the, the work of these designers to suit my needs because here's the problem. I wasn't aware of the second order consequences that would happen. I, in changing something I thought I didn't like, was actively making my game worse. Yeah, it was just getting bad, yeah. Right. But I didn't know that. I couldn't see those second order consequences because I they weren't explained to me as that what it, what it is. These, like, boxes, like, yeah. they communicate part of the designer's wisdom and experience right out and allow the the player to then make an informed decision because they can say like oh i don't care about that i want other people to be really tough so i'm going to remove that con restriction right like mm-hmm. i'm okay with it fighters aren't that common in my world most people are clerics or, or wizards or something and because that's going to be the expectation i want there to be very tough tanky wizards and clerics and stuff like that regular fighters those are the npcs in my world okay great cool then, then make that change but now you know what you're doing
1: Does that makes sense yeah so yeah and um, I really feel like just in a, a more general sense opportunities that, that you have to communicate on a personal level with your readers generally can be really good um, yep and so taking advantage of, of that uh, can really can really help someone get into and understand the game better Um and, uh, like, uh, I know there are oftentimes restrictions um, that get in the way of these, these things, um, especially if you have a really beefy kind of game, something, you know, like GURPS or whatever that has just masses and masses of rules. You don't always have the space available to make these kind, kinds of observations um, visible to your readers. Um, but when you, when you do have the opportunity to, you should probably take it. Right. I mean, I think I yes, think that's yes. what, what we're saying. You should take the opportunity to, to communicate with the people who are buying and playing your games, um, because you can you can really ease them into the the entire mindset of the rules and and game that you're trying to give them, um, which just helps everyone in the process. Just helps everything. It keeps their games good. Um, keeps their players happy when when they're when when they're GMing. Um, it and the players who, who are taking this information. Can accept these rules um, better, or you know, bring up problems to their GMs about these rules if they if they have an issue with it. Um, better because they have more information at their fingertips. So they're always a good thing, right? And, and I, I, I'm assuming there are ways that they can be used poorly, but properly used uh, behind the scenes information absolutely useful. I, I
0: totally agree, and all you know what I'm going to take it a step farther. I'm going to take a strong stance on this. All right. You're, you're, all you're, right, you're, that, you're,
1: that's rare. We never see Vince take a strong stance on things.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, I sense sarcasm in your voice, and let me tell you what—I'm not appreciative of that. I'm going to take a strong stance against that sarcasm. I just no. have a
1: problem vo- modulating my voice. <laughs> don't, gotcha. Sorry, don't, I didn't mean anything at face value.
0: Gotcha. I apologize for making fun of your medical condition. Um. All right. So here's what I'll say: in giving people rule zero. Okay, which is, which is now, at this point, a standard assumption of RPGs, right? And And moreover, it should be. Like, I'm not in any way against Rule Zero. But if we're going to give people that tool, that tool is so powerful in the way that people will experience your game, your design, a thing you have spent a lot of time on and thought very deeply about. Your players are, if you're a game designer, chances are the average player is not as good of a game designer as you. I hope Maybe. that's the case, or you shouldn't be a
1: designer. Uh, yeah, carte, carte blanche causes all kinds of issues, um, both positive and negative, so yeah. Yes. So you what have, you're saying is, temper these things. Yes, I'm saying
0: you've handed them a weapon, and without these boxes, without these explanations of your thoughts and, and your sort of behind-the-scenes info, you have handed them a weapon and said, go nuts! and then given them no training about it. You are being irresponsible with your own game design. You, right, are- you
1: don't throw a, a new boxer into the ring without training him first. You just yes. don't do it. That's just, it's just, it's cruel to do such a thing.
0: Yes. You're literally asking your players to make decisions that they have no business making without equipping them for the proper information to make them. Okay. You guys, they could, they don't need to, you know, they don't need to design, you know, five, seven, eight books to make these decisions. They don't. That's not necessary. They don't need to be as good of a game designer from you to know this. But they do need to have some idea of why the thing is there and what they might screw up
1: from your perspective if they change it. Yeah. So how do you feel <clears throat> on another another adjacent topic? How do you feel about, about um, fluffy behind-the-scenes stuff? Like including stuff about when we were designing this we thought it was funny because x oh i love that stuff i mean that's fine i
0: like that i think is exactly what you said there's there's a really important element to what you said there that i i didn't really touch on which is um the ability to directly communicate with your your people with the people playing your game honestly yep. is pretty rare. If your game's even moderately successful, it's going to quickly go beyond the level of where you can individually communicate with everybody who's playing it, right? There's just not enough yeah. time in the day.
1: Well, this is something I think about constantly because when you're writing, when you're writing for for an audience like for fiction or whatever, you're what you're trying to do is is talk to that person. You're trying yes. to you're trying to it's 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 like trying to have telepathy. You're trying to get into that person's head. And you're trying to communicate with them better than you you could face to face even. You're um, you're trying to trying
0: make them to make... feel certain feels and and think yeah. certain things.
1: Yes. Um. And so you know, using that the same kind of tactics in in writing and 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 in your RPGs, you know, it, it's it's interesting to me because it's less less often utilized. Right. That, that this that kind of writing usually. The writing and and I and okay, this is a horrible thing to say, but it's usually but pretty dry. It feels you know a lot of it is textbooky, even if it's about you know giant robots fighting fighting uh, lizard men from Mars. It, it, the the stuff about the rules and such is still a little dry.
0: Sure.
1: Um, also, that impersonal. sounds like an
0: awesome game. Continue.
1: Uh, maybe I don't know. We like to talk about robots and lizards and things, so yeah. Um. So I I don't. I feel like I feel like the same kind of the, the kind of. Uh, fluffy behind the scenes stuff could also be useful just to make a connection, a connection outside of those dry textual rules. It's also useful. I think it's interesting, useful, and it makes the actual experience of reading, reading the book as opposed to the, and, and we're not talking about the, like the function of the book, because obviously it's, it takes a paragraph or two away from your book. So it's not functionally great, um, but it, but it is, it does make it a more pleasant experience.
0: Yep. To me, the only downside is the space concern, but the yeah, upsides can
1: be a concern. So sure. I, I, t- I tend to caveat that.
0: Right. But the upsides to this, to me are so massive. They give your, they give your players more knowledge at your G- players and GMs. They help them run better games. They make them connect with you on a more human level. They give you insight into the way you're, that you're thinking. And and frankly, if people identify the way you're thinking and they think in the same way, if they're like, "Oh, I get that and I would think the same way."
1: Guess what? They're going to be more attached to you as a designer and to the right. things you do in the future. Not just that, they're they're more attached to that game. So, yes. They they're more likely to pull that book down off the shelf when they're deciding what they're going to play that next week, you know? Yep. The upsides to this are so unbelievably massive compared to the downside yeah like the downsides are very minimal it's some some space um maybe maybe your particular particular call-out boxes might rub somebody the wrong way whatever but the upsides are just enormous yes so to me it's a thing that
0: just should be in every more or less every rpg book made period like i would say you better have a real good reason why these aren't in your book that i i would take that strong of a stance
1: um, I, I I don't know if I would take that strong of a stance, but I usually don't take such strong stances. Um, but I do I do agree that there there is a a um, there 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 is a strong argument for having them in every book um, because these these games that we make these games that we make and play have such deep things going on, like lots of behind the scenes stuff is going on while everybody's playing. Whether it, whether it be you know numbers and the way the way the the mathematics workout, or the way things interact with settings and scenarios, and and histories and character balance and things like that—all this stuff's going on—and providing some additional insight into what happens can can generally only be a good thing. Have, being armed with knowledge is always good. Um, so I would say, in almost every case, just like you just said, I have to agree you you should try to use this tool when you're making a game and all you players and gms and consumers out there you should probably read this stuff because it can be both interesting and informative
0: there you go i i am totally on the page i agree i think you covered it all so uh,
1: so yeah that's uh that's uh behind the scenes information call out boxes uh undesigned
0: i agree undesigned thank you very much everybody we always appreciate you listening we'll see you next time.